Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Praise the Lord. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because it in it, he had rested from all his works which God created and made. Continue, please. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that, that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Continue. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the earth. So the reason why there was no growth on the earth was because there was no man yet. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. We're going to get to it. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breath into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now if you recall... Man was the only creature that God breathed into. Every other thing he created, he never breathed into them. So we have the bread of God because of what God did. God breathed into us. So we have something that God has. So man, man received the bread of God. And until man received the bread of God, that was when man became a living soul. So when he became a living soul, that is when... He started administ- administering over the affairs of the earth. So that's what I want to show you. Okay, fantastic. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I just wanted to establish that foundation. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. My father, my communion. My father, my communion. Acts chapter 2. Okay. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What is the apostles' doctrine? By the grace of God, I'm going to cook up a message which I have titled The Doctrine of Christ. I think it's important that we look at that. Because the apostles, what they preached was the, the doctrine of Christ. There is a doctrine of Christ. All right. So when we say the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' doctrine was hinged. Or the source of the apostles' doctrine was from the doctrine of Christ. We must not shy away from it. There is a doctrine. In short, it is the doctrine that manipulates people. It is what you hear that you become. So you are a product of what you are today because of the doctrine that has been given to you. A doctrine is a message. A doctrine is... You know, a, a kind of information that has been given to you for you to live with. So the Bible says this, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The word fellowship there in the Greek is translated koinomia. Koinomia. And koinomia is actually very big. The word koinomia means fellowship. Not just fellowship where people gather together and they are looking at themselves. Koinomia means Fellowship, it means to share. You give me, I give you. We love each other. We associate with each other. Brotherly love is continuing. That's koinomia. 
Right. So, and in the breaking of bread and in prayers, these were the things that they did that you can put together to say this were the apostles' doctrine in a way. So, they had fellowship, they broke bread on a constant basis, and they were always praying. They were always praying together. Now, let's flow. I want to indoctrinate you this morning. I know I've been doing that for years now. But I want to do more indoctrination. There's nothing wrong in indoctrinating anybody as long as it's the right doctrine. Indoctrination is when you are selling a doctrine to someone to buy. So, there are three relationships when it comes to God. Listen to me. The train has moved. There are three relationships when it comes to God. Three major relationships when it comes to God. Primarily, life is about relationships. Anything you do that is not relationship-based will not yield any result. Life is about relationship. That is why you see species of families of different animals, they always come together. You see lion cohabiting with lions. You see elephants cohabiting with elephants. You see hyenas cohabiting with hyenas. You see bears flying together. You see fishes in the water. They do their thing. Anywhere you see animal, as long as that animal is not alone, there must be other species of its own kind doing things together with that particular animal. It's the same thing. Man has a family, and so you see a boy and a girl living together. Husband and wife living together. You see a husband and wife giving birth to their own kids and they form family. And in that family, there's what we call relationship. So the, what is relationship? Relationship is when you relate with one another, when you associate with one another, when you do things together. It's a, it's a natural phenomenon which you cannot wipe out. Right. So that was what God started. It was God that started relationship. God started relationship. How do I know? The Bible tells me, according to where we read in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, that God said, let us make man, us. The word us means he was associating or he was, he was referring to the Godhead, right? The Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So he said, let us, let us. So God already had a family. God had a relationship with the Godhead. God had a relationship with Jesus. He had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says these three are one. So there was a relationship that was going on within the Godhead in heaven. And so God had a wonderful family in heaven. He needed to extend that family on earth. So he said... We are doing well here in heaven. We are enjoying ourselves. We are spirits. We are good. We have a wonderful koinomia. But we need to extend that koinomia to someone who looks like us, but doesn't live with us in heaven, 
but he should live on this beautiful planet that we are going to create and we are going to call it earth somebody say earth and so what did god do god decided to create man so god created man and he put it put him in this wonderful planet and beautiful garden called earth and eden and man began to do stuff that he told him to do so that is why you see the first thing god told him he said have dominion manage this place rule this place because where we are in heaven that is exactly what we're doing we have a wonderful relationship we are running things here in heaven this is where we belong therefore you you are on this earth do the same do likewise you have our nature you have our characteristics you have our kind of thinking you are thinking like us so you go ahead and dominate this earth basically that's what god was saying in other words god was also telling him go and build the earth use the mechanism of relationship just the same way we are having a wonderful relationship here in heaven and so man was created but man knew something there was nobody to relate with follow me carefully i'm giving you a very dangerous message this morning there was nobody to relate with but if you read the scripture before eve was created the bible says male and female created he them so god had the intention that somebody will show up and have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with adam and we all know the story how eve was created and a relationship started a relationship started now in in talking about god there are three levels of relationship number one you have god and you have his worshipers what you will call deity and worshipers and i am very very concerned about that because you see that seems to be the level where a lot of people are and we can see that play out so strongly when god chose a certain people called israel the relationship he had with them was i am your god do whatever i tell you to do in short i am giving you commandments thou shalt not thou shalt not thou shalt not don't worship any other god worship only me god gave them rules and regulations so it was a relationship of god and worshipers god and worshipers that was the first relationship let's look at the second relationship god and his friends god and his friends people who god called my friend for example god called moses his friend abraham was the friend of god when jesus was about to leave the earth he called his disciples his friends but even at that that is still not deep enough because you can dissociate yourself with your from your friend do you agree with me i know that a lot of you went through primary school and secondary school 
Can you tell me that that's your best friend in primary school is still your friend today? You have moved on. You got into secondary school. You had a best friend, somebody you used to work together and do things together. Somehow, event and life has taken two of you apart. So that person is no longer your friend. You got into university and you made new friends. Even though some of you may say, oh, I still carry some friends along. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But what is the percentage across board? That's what I'm saying. So you finished university. You went to youth service. You made new friends. Some of you will say, oh, the friends I made in my youth service days, they are very, very close to me. That's fine, but not across board. You finished youth service and you started working. And you made some friends again in the office where you are working. Or you got a house, you made some friends in the location where you are, your neighborhood. So friendship is everywhere. You can start a, fr a friendship everywhere. So God, over time, had had friends. Abraham, like I mentioned. Moses, like I mentioned. Even Jesus had friends. When he was telling them, he said, you are no longer servants to me. You are now my friend. That's the second level of relationship. I want to give you the third level of relationship, which I believe is the deepest, which I believe is the most important of all these levels that I have mentioned. And that is the level of family. Family. And under family, you hear words like father and son. You hear words like father and children, right? That's a family. Pastor Kingsley has two kids, a boy and a girl. So he can tell, the, he can tell Jason, my son, come. He can tell the daughter, come. Those are the people that came out from his loins. So he can address them like that. Listen. We have left the, the, the um, level of God and worshippers. The level we are now is the level of, we have a God who is my father. I am his child or his son. I can call him Abba Father. That is a relationship that is hinged on family. Like I said, you can dissociate yourself from your friend. But you cannot dissociate yourself from your family. It is blood. If your father denies you, I don't know him. All that will be done is to go and do what we call DNA tests. If a man rejects his baby, or a woman rejects the baby... They do DNA tests to affirm if what both of them are saying is true. So, the Bible says that we have the DNA of God, our blood vessel that flows through us. It's no longer our blood. It's the blood of Jesus. What Jesus did was to use his blood to buy us and get us, get us to be engrafted into the loins of God. 
God cannot call me his friend. What he will call me is his son. When he's addressing me now, he's addressing me from the level of father and son. Because I am not his friend. I can be his friend because I am his son first. Because of my relationship with him, Abinisho, he can therefore say, we are bonding and flowing as friends. Let's continue in this koinomia. That's the indoctrination I want to give to you today. When you approach God, stop approaching God from the perspective of a big man living in heaven with his white beards. A God that's holding a very big stick in his hand waiting for, waiting for who to devour, to strike. No, that's not God. The indoctrination I want you to have is a God who is also your father and you can make him your friend. Go to, let's go to the book of John. John chapter 1 verse 12. My father, my communion. My father, my koinomia. John, please. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Did you see that? As many that received him, what he did do, he gave them the power to become his sons. Listen to me. Sonship has nothing to do with how many years you know God? Sonship has nothing to do with how often you pray. No. All it has to do is how far you believe. How far you believe. As long as you receive Jesus. As long as you have received Christ and you believe in him, what you have received is the level of sonship. You are a son. Listen to me. The next time you pray, stop being so afraid to talk to God. Approach God from the position of, my father, it is your son, Richard. I am here now. Let's have a relationship. Let's have a koinomia. That's the level you should show up from. Not from the level of, hey, my God. You know, I am not as holy as you. Please, don't strike me down. Please. Eh? Just have mercy on me. It's from the level of, listen, have you seen a son relating to a father or with a father? Or a, a daughter, whatever family. Whatever family. Sorry, Pastor Kingsley, let me use you as an example. When your son enters your room, does he knock? He doesn't knock. <laughs> bah, don't enter. Hey, daddy. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's it. Now, because of that thing which he has done, have you told him, because of this, I, get out of this room from today henceforth, you are no longer my son. Have you said that to him before? 
Listen to me. If you understand this indoctrination, it will change everything about you. It will change your prayer life. It will change your relationship with people. It will change everything. I mean it. It will change everything. The reason why we behave the way we behave as believers is because of this. We don't understand the indoctrination of fatherhood and sonship. Fatherhood and sonship. We belong to the family of God now through the blood of Jesus. God cannot isolate me. He cannot dissociate himself from me. He cannot deny me anymore because I carry his DNA. I carry his DNA. The DNA that was in Christ is the same DNA that is in God. That is the same DNA that is in Kakulu Richard Irugbe. That is my full name. That is the same DNA in me. Hallelujah. So I am his son. So when I appear before him in any circumstance, by any circumstance, I appear as a son. Listen to this. It has nothing to do with my current status. We know there are sons who are supposed to be on horseback, but they are trekking. We know that. Irrespective of your status, it does not change your nature or the family lineage you come from. You see Christmas where they rode. Now somebody born him. Are you aware of that? He didn't fall from heaven. The Christmas where they rode. Now somebody picking. If they decide to carry a research on them, they will trace them to a family. The family may want to deny them because they don't decrease. But one thing I can assure you, I have never seen a rich man or a big man that they denied. Are you getting what I'm saying now? That's by the way. Because they belong to a family, they cannot deny them. Because they are part of a family. I'm here to let you know that you are operating within the third sphere of relationship. Which is, God is your father. You are his son. He cannot dissociate himself from you. He cannot, you know, he cannot, um, what do you call, you know, push you away. You belong to him because of the blood of Jesus that now flows inside you. The Bible says as many have received him, he gave them the power. The power means the ability, the capacity for them to now become the sons of God. So you are a son of God because God has given you that power. It's not about what you are doing or what you have done. That is why you see the accuser of the brethren, we always show up to say, this person does not guarantee or does not warrant your blessing. But what Jesus will say as our advocate and our mediator, he will say, my blood still flows inside of him. Hallelujah. He will say, ah, this person is falling short of your glory. Now, can't you see? Jesus Christ will say, but my blood is still inside of him. I cannot dissociate myself from him. Listen, have you ever seen a child, I mean, a mother or a, or a, or a father who throws the baby away with the bathwater? Have you seen it? Instead, what the mother or the father will do 
is to remove the mess in the life of that child and ensure that the child is clean. Who told you, if you are falling short of the glory of God, that you are the one to help yourself? You are not the one to help yourself. It is your father that has the responsibility to clean you up. When you see people start behaving funny, they stop running away from God. They stop running away from church. They stop running away from pastor. That is why their life will continue to eat like a blood that is, when you, when you are bleeding, it's like a blood. You are just bleeding. You are ebbing out. It's going out. Listen, when you feel you are getting short, you are behaving, you know, less than the level that God wants you to be, that is the time for you to look for him more. Because it's only God that has the capacity to clean you up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's only God that has the capacity to clean you up. No other person can clean you up. People run away from God when they are behaving funny. When they have issues of life, they run away from God. Because they don't have this understanding of fatherhood and sonship. They don't have it. God was so impressed with David that if God had a choice, he would have said, let me not wait till so-and-so time before Christ will come. Because there was a set time. He would have just put his spirit inside David. Because David understood the principle of fatherhood. When David was rebuked, he was rebuked after he messed up with Bathsheba. When he was rebuked, he went. He didn't run away from God the way some other kings would do. He went. He turned his heart and went to meet God and said, forgive me. A lot of us here today, you are living in the dispensation of grace. Where God has the propensity and the capacity to clean you up. But you are running away from him. In 2022, you ran away from God. And the devil was almost taking you apart. Just trading you like that. But in 2023, it shouldn't happen. The best way to seek help is to run to God. Is to run to him. Listen, God will not reject you. God will not disassociate himself from you. God will not disconnect himself from you. Because you carry the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, as many that believe. Let me tell you the truth. One thing the devil cannot do is to believe in Christ. And the devil cannot confess Christ. That is why getting into the kingdom of God is not even confession of sin. I don't know where that philosophy came from. People, you tell people to be lining up and confessing sin. Because you see, the, the, the penalty for sin has been dealt with, has been sorted out. I, I preached on that a few days ago. Great. Even devil can confess sin. Eh? Anybody can confess sin. But let me tell you something. Demons cannot confess that Jesus is Lord. They cannot say that. That's why the Bible says anyone that confesses that Jesus is Lord is not speaking of the devil. The major and most important confession is the confession of Christ. Let's 
Start encouraging people to confess Christ. That Jesus Christ is Lord. He's my savior and my salvation. I have a relationship with him. I have koinomia with him. I will continue to confess Christ. That is more important to me. And the more I confess Christ, it's like looking into the mirror. The more I am seeing myself in him. And the more I see myself in him, the more I am perfect as far as Christ's things are concerned. As I close home this morning, my father, my koinomia. Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. Very quickly. Give me Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. Galatians 4 6. Listen to this. It says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. Did you see that? Into your heart. Hallelujah. He said, crying Abba Father. The word Abba Father is an old English word to mean, you know, huge, huge from the, you know, um, 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 Hebrew. It means my father. It's someone that has a relationship that will say Abba Father. For example, my kids will call me my father. My is my father. Abba Father means my father. Because I have the spirit of, of his son. Because I am a son. What I say is my father. Hallelujah. My father. My father. Somebody say my father. Yes, that's our father. My father. My father. Give me Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Hallelujah. I'm so happy that I have a relationship with God. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Did you see that? The word bondage in some translation is, is put as slavery. You see, one of the things that are synonymous with slaves is fear. Who are they afraid of? They are afraid of their master. You know, in those days, if you are a slave, your master can kill you and nothing will happen. Your master can say, I have no need of you. Why did you break this plate? I have no need of you anymore. Kill him. Because your master, you know, those days they used to go to a place where they buy slaves. They will put them on parade. Put them on party and put the slave on party. And so people who have the money to buy slaves, they will come and they will pay. So the money of your master is already working. It was a, it, even in the Bible days, they used to buy slaves. Recall what happened to Joseph. When they put him in the pit and Reuben now said, it's not good that we kill him. He said, let us sell him. I mean Judah. It's, let's put him in the pit and let's sell him. And what did they do? They sold him to the Ishmaelites. So, selling means you are gone. Somebody used his money to buy you. So, you are not free. You cannot run away because somebody paid for you. So, Joseph was carried from his original land and taken to Egypt. And they sold him again there. Potiphar took him and placed him in his house. He was a slave. Now, one of the Things that are associated with slaves is that they are always afraid of their master. They wake up every morning, they don't know if they will be alive that day because they can die. 
Nobody judges any man for killing a slave. Nobody will judge you. Nobody will take you to court to say, why did you kill that slave? Nobody does that. Listen, the Bible says we have not received the spirit of bondage. It means, listen to me. When you come to God, God is not, it's not a relationship of master and slavery. Don't think that God will kill you today just like that. No, who, who, who is t- t- teaching you all this stuff? Look at the Bible. Let's follow the Bible. It's not a relationship of slavery and master or bondage. No, it's a relationship of the spirit. You have been adopted. How were you adopted? You were bought this time. How were you bought? You were bought with the blood of Christ. Christ shed his blood, his precious blood, and he bought you. So you are now under Christ. But look at what this our new master did. Jesus Christ is Lord. Look at what he did. He didn't make us slaves. Instead, through his blood, he made us sons. Those slaves, when they are bought, they are the ones that do all the work in the house. They are the ones that do all the work in the farmland. But this our new master, what he did, when he bought us with his blood of his son, what he did, he brought us and made us his family members. Slaves don't eat with their masters. They, sometimes they eat outside. Some They don't even eat. They give them crops and they do all the work. But you have a father who bought you over. Right now, you are not only his son. You are whining and dining on the same table as him. Where Christ is, that is where we are. The Bible says Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. It means the authority that Christ carried is the same authority that you carry. If Christ can heal the sick, you can heal the sick. If Christ can raise the dead, you can raise the dead. If Christ cannot be poor, you cannot be poor. If Christ cannot be depressed, you cannot be depressed. If Christ is holy, you are holy. If Christ is righteous, you are righteous. Because where he's sitting, that is where you are sitting. Glory to God. So you can say, Abba, Father. Abba Father. How many of you have watched this film, Lion King? The first one. When Simba was in trouble. Remember when Simba was in trouble? And the first time he was in trouble. They ran and told. What was that his father's name? Is it Mufasa or something? Yes, the king. It wasn't just the king. He was the father of Simba. When he was told Simba is in trouble, what did he do? He left the kingdom. He left everything. Governance and administration did not matter to him at that time because his son was in trouble. He ran to save him. That's why Jesus was talking. He said, a shepherd... God is your shepherd. He's your good shepherd. He said, a shepherd has... It 
doesn't matter what the shepherd has. Plenty sheep, 9900, whatever the number is. He said, when one throws away, what does he do? The shepherd will leave the remainder and he will be looking for that one that strolled away. Listen to me. A lot of you have strolled away. You have strolled away. You know it. You don't have a koinomia with the Holy Spirit anymore. You have gone. That connection, that's why I want, we spoke in tongues this now. A lot of you struggle to speak because you know that the connection between you and your father is not there. If you still have physical father, for example, and you have not spoken with him for the past 10 years, I'm not sure the next time you speak to him that there will be a connection. It will not connect. That's how it is. Some of you, your connection with God is blood. There is no signal. It's not as if he's going. It's not when you call, you know, some phone. When you call him, he goes, ring. But this one, signal, not the phone. There's no connection. You have strolled away. But listen, God is saying, I am interested in you. I am interested in you. You have gone, but I still need you. I still need you. You are my son. Listen, when the prodigal son ran away from the father and went into Ryosha's living, did he leave his family? Did the father say, you are no longer my son because of this iniquitous act that you have done? No, he was still a member of the family. When he came back, the first thing the father saw, I assumed the man every morning would go out and be watching. How I wish my son would come. How I wish my son would come. How I wish my son would come. Until one day, his prayer came to pass. And the son was coming. Rachel looking so haggard. I'm sure he don't lose weight because he never see food chop before. He don't think like say tomorrow, not they, they, they work out like this. But the father saw him. Ha <laughs> ha. The father saw him. The father did not care whether he was wearing tattered clothes, whether he was as thin as a broom now. He didn't care. What the father saw, my son has come back. My son has come back. And he embraced him. Gave him a ring to wear. Gave him a robe. They killed the fatted cow for him. And he was celebrating everywhere. It's a new year. Some of you have strolled. You don't work You think that there is glory in outside of God. But God is saying, I want to have that relationship. If there's anything that matters most to God, it's not the fact that he's a supermarket. Some of you have turned God into a supermarket, like what Pastor Kingsley was sharing this morning. God is more than a supermarket. A supermarket, you go there and go supermarket. You don't see price on it. All you see is believe. Just believe, you take it. All the prizes in God's supermarket is what? Believe, believe, believe. When you take this one, ah, car, believe. Job, believe. Promotion, believe. All the same price. The same price, all of them. But beyond that supermarket, where you will go to, a lot of people are fasting because of the money they want to get, because of businesses to prosper and all of that. Nobody is really praying and fasting to understand the will of God for their life for 2023 in terms of koinomia. In terms of koinomia, the church has become a, a, a charade of charlatans who come and they want to rip. When I mean rip, they want to strip off 
from that supermarket and run away. A lot of people collect in January and you don't see them until December. A lot of January, they come again, they collect, you don't see them until December. But God is saying, you are my son, I am your father. I want to have koinomia with you. I want to have fellowship with you. I want us to relate together. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. As I close this morning, I want you to, by yourself, have a program where you will tell yourself, I will be closer to God this year. The word koinomia, like I said, is fellowship. Fellowship. Let me give you some peace on it. Number one, it means to share. What do you have? What do you have that you can share with God? What has God given to you that you can share? In those days when the disciples come together, what they used to do is to share. That's the essence of the communion. Listen to me. That's the true meaning of communion. The reason why Jesus told them to do this always. Because Jesus Christ knew a time will come when issues of life will flick everybody away. Issues of life, we fling everybody go to pursue their own thing. Jesus Christ said, listen, when you always strive to come together, come together, and when you come together, have communion together. Communion is koinomia. Share love together. Share what you have together. That's what Jesus was telling them. Share. Close association. So, when you have koinomia with God, or with your brother, your sister, what you are doing, you are having close association. Like I said, communion. Brotherhood, I was telling a few folks who were here yesterday, when we had moments of encounter. I said, listen, you are first of all my brother. First. You are my brother because we have the same blood. We come from the same family. What did Jesus Christ told, what did he tell those guys? When they tell your brother that they are looking for you, say, ah, these are my brothers and sisters. Listen to me. You are my brother. Not because, because we came from the same physical lineage, but because we have the same DNA. The blood of Christ is flowing in you and is flowing in me. There's no reason why we should quarrel and kill ourselves. There's no reason why I should be angry of the other denomination or the other branch. Do you even know in some churches, People who belong to the same denomination, because they don't go to the same branch, they are beefing themselves. Because they don't understand the spirit of family. You are my brother. You are my brother. We carry the same blood. The DNA of Christ that is flowing in you, that's what is flowing in me. That's why I can call you brother Kingsley. So if I have an issue, I need somebody to talk to. I say, Pastor, let's, let's talk. Let's pray together. We will pray together and have koinomia. That is the spirit. But you see, the world has turned it upside down. Everything is turned upside down. Everybody to your tent, oh Israel. It is or your or your or your on your own. No, it's not supposed to be or your. I cannot survive and live alone because I have a brother and I have a sister. Hallelujah. That should be the basis of our relationship, of everything we do. This message is deep. I'm getting blessed already. What a way to start the year. We need to accept one another. We need to accept one another. 
as long as you belong to Christ we accept the same people we accept people not because of who they are what they are but because of what Christ has done he's so accused of church members of having cliques here and there and I wonder I say why are we having such cliques what's going on what's going on if a member comes to the church for the first time and he's my brother and my sister I should be able to relate openly sometimes people want to break into our various cliques and we push them away we push them away sometimes that's why church is not growing because of the cliques everywhere what's going on because you don't understand the concept of the DNA of family it's not about denominations it's not about your tribe it's not about where you come from it's not about whether the person is, has money or not it's about the DNA of Christ as one family my father my communion admonish one another encourage one another offer help and hospitality to one another that's what we are supposed to do in koinomia if listen to me listen even as your pastor listen to me this is very deep i'm about to tell you now very deep even as your pastor i am your brother first before pastor pastor is my function i am your brother first if i am doing something that is wrong you feel is wrong it's not for you to go and publish it on social media it's not for you to take it to your clique and begin to talk about it in your platform no what you should do in the spirit of family what we are supposed to have is koinomia somebody shout say koinomia what you should do is to reach out to me and say pastor you are my brother what you said or what you did is not right look into it again i'll say yes i agree the same thing i should call you in the spirit of love and say come what you said or what you did is not right we don't need to wait for a meeting where everybody don't gather we'll come to expose our ourselves no that's not going on when we come together and we have communion we are relating with one another hallelujah god bless you lift up your hands say my father my father say my father and my father I will constantly have communion with you and I will express that communion to my church my church is my brother and my church is my sister in this new year if I have run away from you I will come back this message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International Church for Real for more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.